That's for syncing. It's for syncing videos. Huh? The 5-4. Oh, I thought it's they just syncing. did it. That's why they go silent. So. I just thought they went silent so you can hear them like when they're doing like the yeah, Anchorman. Exactly. But they're syncing. Oh, I see. Okay. I just watched Anchorman when I was in California, so I watched him do it. That's why I did it. <clears throat> yeah, so life. California. I went to California. And we won. We didn't win. Oh, that was this weekend. We huh. passed. Yeah, we passed. I completely That's forgot about that because I'm a piece of shit. And I yep. don't think about anybody but myself. I, I forgot know. that you were even leaving. Yep, I left. That's why I was gone on Friday. Oh, all right. You toadstool. Sorry. So how'd scallywag. How'd it go? You won? Is that what you're saying? Well, what do you passed. Mean you won? Is, so, for everybody who has zero idea of what we're talking about, me and Cutter, which is my doggy, he's a Rottweiler, we went to California for our first Schutzen trial. Schutzen is a dog sport that we compete in, and it's new for me, it's new for Cutter, we've, neither one of us have ever done it before, so we've been training for the last day, about two years, we've been training, um, just he's two and a half, I started training when he was six months, uh, but yeah, so we went to California for this club trial that was out there, and we were competing for our BH, which is the um, first like obedience title that you get, <clears throat> and you have to do this whole pattern where they heal right next to you, and they're supposed to look at you while they're walking next to you, and you like walk and do this course where you walk down, turn around, you run, you walk, you turn, you go through all these people... And then you have to have them do a couple different things, but <clears throat> it's a lot of pressure. Uh, a little bit nervous, and uh, we ended up getting it done. Passed. It wasn't the prettiest thing. Um, a lot of mistakes. We learned a lot, though. Uh, yeah, he had as soon as we got onto the field, he had to take a shit, <laughs> and I could tell. And so it it like he was like looking weird and uncomfortable for some of it and then I think after a while it kind of kind of went away because he came back and it was like a little started being a little bit better but yeah for a while he's he's, like looking around and then he's like looking at me giving me the look and then he's like sniffing the ground I'm like no and uh in competition if your dog goes to the bathroom on the field uh it's a instant disqualification so (laughs) it's super like stressful and I had known that he hadn't shit all day and I was like taking him out and we're it's all different because we're in California so we're staying in a hotel and he doesn't have his yard and I'm taking him to the park and I'm taking him out to these different areas and trying to make him go to the bathroom and he's just like "Eh, I'm not comfortable here and so he never went and then of course at night time it's time to do the trial and he's like ah I really gotta go now dad <laughs> like well you gotta wait now but finished up we got it done um the another lady that's in our club um she got her BH with her young German Shepherd um what does another BH stand for? 
Uh, some German oh. word, something. Bienzi handle some. I don't know. Oh, okay. Honestly, I don't know what it is, but you know it's something it in German. Huh? I think it's come uh, on, man. Something beginning title or something. I don't know. Beginning handler. I don't know. Uh, okay. I'm making stuff up now. No, that's, that's perfect. But, that's good. Uh, another guy got his BH with his German Shepherd, and then the same lady has an older Doberman. She got another tracking title and a more advanced obedience title with that one. And then the head guy, Bill, got uh, titled his first like more advanced one. He had a BH on his dog. He's a Malinois. And then he got a more advanced title for the obedience. And he, his, his performance, I would say, looked the best out of everybody's. Um, his, his dog was, looked real sharp and looked real like, comfortable out there. And everything looked really good. But overall, it was a, a big win for, like, the whole club. We went down there, and we represented the club well, and everybody passed what they came down to pass, and successful weekend. Got a lot to learn, got a lot to work on. Um, now we get to go into more advanced stages of the bite work with Cutter, because he got his BH. So that's exciting. So you started off by saying you won. Did, <laughs> is there something to win? No, I just or? meant, like, we won, like, uh, we passed. But yeah, for the um, for the BH, it's it's just pass or fail. There's no points um, for the advanced ones that used to be called IPO one, two, and three. They now since changed the name. It's like just like with anything else. There's like politics, and in Germany is where the sport was created, and they make up the final rules of everything. And so if they decide to change rules on something, or they decide to change the name of something, they just do that so uh they've they've changed all the names and a bunch of rules around but before it was called ipo1 ipo2 and ipo3 is the different advancements and for those ones uh you get points you get graded on a point system and then <clears throat> you're ranked so in the competition they'll give out like first place second place third place and they have like the score rankings and this is just a, a club trial and then they have like regionals, they have nationals, and they have um, like world ones too, where like they have competition, like people from every country come out, and it's pretty crazy. Those guys are. This was like my first competition, and seeing like how how difficult it is doing like the minor stuff, it's even more impressive now, knowing that. Uh, some of these people are scoring in high 98s, high like high 90s. It's it's a scoring system out of 100, and so there's like the top guys are scoring like 98, 95, maybe 93 on something, but like their scores are all like in the 90s for like the top top people. It's super impressive for how much like pressure and stress that you're doing. So the BH is what like a, a prerequisite for other yes. Yeah, so you get the BH, that's your first one. It's basically just to make sure that the dog isn't aggressive and that you have control over him. Why, because so, like the off-leash stuff? Or yeah, so you do off-leash stuff. There's stuff where you walk into a group of people and then the people uh, okay. move in around you and get close. They want to make sure that the dog isn't aggressive towards people. Uh-huh. Um, and then because they don't allow like aggressive dogs into the sport, right. like it, it's all about control. Like there is, um, bite work and stuff where you're sending the dog to attack the decoy, right. but it all has to be controlled. It's not just like, yeah. just attack everything. Um, 
so it's my dog's good at biting. It's, yeah, he just doesn't want to let go. Um. So yeah, you get that one first, and then, and then they'll have a thing where you tie the dog out by itself. You walk away so the dog can't see you, and then they'll walk by with other dogs to make sure he's not dog aggressive. Uh, is he? I mean, I know he gets super excited with me. My with dog. My dog. Yeah. No, he's not dog aggressive. I mean, not not aggressive like. So aggressive like is just like anger then. Yeah, aggressive like, like I'm gonna kill you. When my dog comes over, I mean, he gets super fucking excited. It's yeah. obviously playful, but yeah, it's that's like, not aggression. Okay. It's just playful. But even like they they're not allowed to like. They just have to lay there. So. Oh okay. So like if I tied him out and I told him to lay down, uh-huh. you could walk by with your dog and he would just lay there. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um. Is that like the 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 tie up or whatever the hell you call it? Is that like symbolic to him then? It's like when I'm on a leash tied up or something no. like that. That's when I'm good. No, he just needs to listen to me all the time. So like But if you're not there. The the tie it's just to make sure that like he can't get to if something were to happen, it's just an extra safety okay. during like the competition. But um <clears throat> like uh for the BH there's and for all of the competition things, there's two people on the field at a time, so there's two dogs working. The only time that there isn't is for the protection stuff when they're doing the bite work. There's only one dog on the field at a time. Um, but for the obedience stuff, when one dog is working, doing the whole healing exercises or doing retrieves or something, the other dog is in what's called a long down. So you go over, you tell your dog to lay down, they're off leash, and then you walk away. Um like 30 to 50 feet away and the dog has to stay there the entire time while the other dog's working uh-huh. and so they just lay there so in the BH you do that too and Cutter was I was uh, really happy with Cutter he he's always good he always lays down and stays there he usually doesn't break and go like run and try and play with the dog but he does like to crawl so uh, he'll, like, be sniffing the ground, and uh-huh. he'll do a real slow, like, low army crawl. <laughs> and, like, you'll turn around I'm and look down, back. I'm laying down, Dad. Yeah, you'll look back, and he'll be, like, five feet from where he started. And you're like, what are you doing? And he, you just see him just kind of, like, inching along. But he did good. He stayed where he should. And <laughs> so that was cool. But Well, congrats. Thank you. It was, uh... How often does this stuff happen? It was neat. Um, like, I mean... You can find, there's like trials going on kind of all over in different places, so it's just kind of depending on like how much you want to travel and stuff. You know, you could find one like every couple months or so. So you just enter if you want, if you got the one previous or something like that? Yeah. That works? Yeah, you put in, um, you got to pay your entry fee, and then you can compete as long as you have like the, the proper like prerequisite to do it. Um, and then you have like your scorebook that's comes, you have to, before you do any competition, uh, you have to get a scorebook from Germany. So you have to like put in your entry form for the dog for you, send them all of the, um, like information on the dog and like the, the breeder. If it's, if it's like a dog that you have like from a breeder, you have like the mom and the dad of the dog like it's like an extensive process you get all this information you send it out to Germany and then if they accept you they uh, send it back and you get your scorebook and then you can you use this official scorebook 
for everything because it's like even on like the club trial levels they mark everything in your scorebook and it's all like recorded in this like official database of stuff <clears throat> so before you went you were talking about uh how you kind of just started this and didn't really have any you know set goals or anything like that you just started it seemed like it was something entertaining to do and then like a year or so down the road you realize that you're just doing really well at it even though it's not something that you really even considered that you'd be doing i don't know i just thought that was interesting yeah it was talking about it yeah it's like one it's one of those things you know like sometimes there's things in life that you like get into and you don't really put much like thought into it and then it like before you know it, it it becomes like a major part of your life you know it's a lot more important than you ever thought it would be and there's also on the flip side of that there's things that you like strive for and you like want to be really good at and like sometimes it like doesn't work out like you're like oh like I, I put so much effort I really want this thing to happen or I want it to be this way and like sometimes it isn't like you try and try and like you may do it or whatever mm-hmm. but you just like don't ever get that good at it or whatever and then there's things that you're like almost more just like relaxed with and carefree and you're like oh I just kind of do it for fun but it seems like you're a lot better at that uh-huh and not necessarily saying that one is the reason for the other, like, because you don't want it, you're better at it, but it just kind of happens that way. And, like... I think uh, it's a mental thing, though. Because, like, when you want something, it's it's kind of like, you know how I told you back in the day that it, it's best to, best to uh, interview for a job when you don't need the job? Yeah. Because you kind of don't care because you yeah, have a job, like, you know, and it's not, you know, it's... I mean, it may be something that you kind of want, you know, or you wouldn't be looking for it anyways, but the the fear kind of goes away. Yeah. And so if you have something like this... Confident mindset. Yeah, and you're not really thinking about it, it's almost like the urge to really want something almost gets in your head and clouds, scares you away. Clouds your judgment. Where something like this, if you, you know, it's interesting, but you never really thought of, you know, like doing it. You don't have that that urge, that the desire that's gonna clap. I think that's where people's fear of doing certain things comes in. Where that's where it's like really good to. I don't know if you can really get in the mindset of, you know, I can I can do anything. You know that mm-hmm. that question that I don't know the mystery is gone, and so it makes everything much easier to accomplish because you realize it's like all I gotta do is just you know try, yeah. but you don't. That's the shitty thing about me and podcasts is my mind is going a million miles per minute and I know exactly what I'm thinking, but I can't, <laughs> I can't get it Formulated out. Formulated into words. But yeah, it's almost like a, a carefree attitude is the way to attack more things yeah. that you, that you really want. Everything. If you can get out of your mind a little bit and get out that it's, man, this is something you really want to do and just be like, eh, it's just something. And if I, if I'm great at it, good. If I suck. You know, whatever. Yeah. Nothing's going to change. Yeah, and I think, and, like, I've I've seen that with, like, um, fellow, fellow, like, friends and, like, competitors that do the sport. They'll, like, um, 
they'll get into like their own head and like stress about it um, because it, it is like super important for them you know they put all this like time and effort into it and it almost makes you like kind of neurotic about it like you you stress about it and you think about it as this like giant thing and if I mess it up like it's like life's gonna be over like it's so crazy and uh-huh. so it, it you bring that like stressful energy and like one of the interesting things about working with dogs doing like dog training and stuff is they are they're masters of body language and they can read people extremely well uh-huh. like whether it's just looking at them and like physically reading how they look how they're posturing but like they can also smell things they can smell different hormones and stressful things that you're giving off uh when you when you're like stressed out or if you're angry or is that the whole bees um, and dogs can smell fear thing yeah exactly yeah so they, there's truth behind it yes yeah they can they can um smell different hormones and stuff that your body gives off um and like a lot a lot of animals can do that it's not just them but uh yeah so like and it, it usually transfers into them especially if you're you and your dog are like a good working team and you guys have like a strong bond if you're feeling a certain way if you're stressed out or if you get like scared or nervous that like transfers into them and they start acting like super weird uh-huh. and like it's crazy because you can tell like you know if you're out if you're just like training and it's no big deal and you're super relaxed and it's just like another thursday night and you're just healing around and you're doing you're having fun you're playing with them and doing whatever and you're keeping it and that's the thing too is like keeping it fun for them and like they'll they'll be like on point and they'll be full of energy and they'll be right into position and they'll be looking to please you and they'll every the sits and the downs and everything are be like super on point and then you go out and you're like real stressed or you maybe even on days like you had like a rough day at work and you're like stressful and your like temper is short and they like pick up on that and so you're like getting frustrated with them and then they're all like antsy and sporadic and they're like trying to like make it better but they don't know what to do and and it, it's just like you you mesh much better when you both are like nice and calm and relaxed and so when you think about it it's just like oh we're just we're gonna just go out there and have fun you know that's the best way to to do it and just keep it like nice and casual because if you like think about it too much you get into your head and stress yourself out and that just goes into them well you know how we were talking before we went I probably repeated that several times on the podcast too but we were talking about the, the excitement versus nervousness thing. Yeah. And how I heard that it's it's the same reaction in the brain, same chemicals that are released and stuff like that. So if you can train yourself to say, you know, I'm excited and, and feel it as excitement, it kind of works more Instead as a motivation yeah. and a push forward, whereas nervousness makes you kind of, you know, shut down and, and you know, you're you're all in your head and stuff like that. But if you can realize that the chemicals are all the same and it's the exact same feeling it's just the mindset that's different yeah the same physiological response how does that work with dogs though so if that's true and it is exactly the same you know as far as human physiology goes can a dog tell the difference between excited and nervous so like if you're in your head and you're like oh okay I'm getting excited now and it's like 
how's a dog gonna read that? It's, oh man, that sounds like really deep. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, I mean it's hard enough. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It's hard enough to to get in your own mind and start learning your own feelings because we have feelings, but we don't really process them. It's just you know like on the surface we, we don't really understand ourselves well enough. So to learn to under, understand your own feelings. And then you got another level where you got to start reading another <laughs> being. Feelings. That's crazy. Yeah, so with that, I would say that dogs aren't contemplating whether their feelings are of nervousness or not. As right. we do, you know? Yeah. So the thing to do would be take your nervousness, turn it into excitement. And then hopefully allow yourself to relax a little bit, and that'll cause the dog to relax, stay calm, and bring bring like a nice calm energy to it. And I think that's kind of the because I mean the and the and the dogs don't they don't know that they're I mean some dogs that are experienced know that okay they they pick up on certain things that are really smart and they pick up on patterns. So okay, uh, we're not at home. Okay, we've been training a lot in strange places okay that means that we're going to a competition and they might not know like what a competition is or like right. what that is but they know that they've done this before you know but for a dog that's like kind of new they don't really know they're just like oh we're out here like I don't I've never seen this place before you know they so they probably get a little more like kind of like nervous and weirded out because it, it all just looks weird like dad why are we out here what is this place uh-huh. but one of the things that I've done with Cutter and that um, is good for dogs is uh, I've conditioned him to many different like stimulus and many different like places I take him into stores take him to Bass Pro Shops, you know, all the places that, that allow dogs. Um, I've taken him to different parks. I've taken him to the mountains. He's been in the snow. He's been in the desert. He's been in the mountains. He's been to the lake. He's been through, uh, like, down city walkways, bike paths. So getting them around many different things is helpful in building their confidence for being around those things. So he's like just naturally a pretty confident dog. So it was easy to do these things with some dogs that are like real nervous. Uh, it can be difficult because every time you go to a new place, they might be really scared. And Uh so you have to take it slow. You have to work on these things. You have to make sure they have a good experience. You know, you give them a lot of treats or rewards or you play with them or whatever you do to reward the dog. You have to make that place a good experience. And so that can be complicated for some dogs that are real skittish. And that's for for people listening that don't train dogs or have a dog that might be nervous around certain things. Uh, For example, some dogs are afraid of the vacuum. Pull out the vacuum and they're terrified. They're cowering. They run into the corner. You have no idea why, you know, that you never beat them with the vacuum or anything. They never had like a crazy experience with it. But some dogs are just a little more nervous and loud noises or moving things might freak them out just naturally. That's just how they react to it. Uh, and so how you make that better is you make it a good experience. Okay. Every time the vacuum comes on, the dog gets a treat, a little reward. Uh-huh. And then pretty soon 
you turn that vacuum on and the dog's excited because they know that every time they hear that noise that it's a good thing you know right and the worst thing that you can do for everybody listening and i know this like i've seen so many of like my friends do this is that when their dog gets scared of something they do it more because they think it's funny because like oh, yeah. it's funny to watch that like oh my gosh look at it like he's he doesn't act like this ever but when i turn on the vacuum or when i'm sweeping he gets super scared and runs away and it's really funny looking because like yeah. they you know especially with like a goofy dog like scrambling around and like please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> you're stressing the dog out and then you're gonna wonder why you're gonna be out and about somewhere or at a park and somebody makes a noise the dog thinks it's a vacuum or something else you've scared him with and then the dog takes off on you and you can't control him no, and you're like why before. why is they why are they doing that why dumb dog why are they doing that and it's right. like well part of that's your fault and that kind of comes back to any problems that a dog has as a handler like you're responsible for it you um, may not have caused it originally but if you, you don't did. if you don't well I'm yeah in that situation but right I'm just saying like you know if you take your dog out and they're like terrified of other dogs like you maybe didn't do anything to right. scare them with another dog but you sure certainly are responsible for helping them get through that or or do things you know it's it's easy it's it like dogs are like our our kids you know and we don't want to look like a bad parent and it's like We've all seen the person that's at the park that has no control over their dog. They let him off leash. The dog's running around. They're calling him. They're, the dog's running over, humping a dog. They're sniffing another dog. They're running circles around him, and the person's calling, chasing them around, and they have zero control over the dog, and the dog doesn't listen to them at all. And they're like, oh, they're like, oh, I don't know why he's like that. And it's like, well, you did not train them. That's why they're like that. Like, it's pretty simple. That's interesting. And dogs embarrass all of us even i've seen the highest trained dogs do goofy shit so don't beat yourself up over it because everybody's nobody's dog is perfect and everybody's dog has a moment where they just don't listen they decide oh because they're they're funny little creatures they're opportunistic and sometimes they like know how to push your buttons they're like oh (laughs) you think you trained me okay well i'm just gonna Hang over here a little bit longer when you call me just to irritate you in front of all these people. I'm going to embarrass you just a little bit right here. Oh, I'm a good boy. I'm back. And it's it's funny. They're, they're funny. Funny to have around. But, yeah, so coming back to the whole vacuum thing, please don't scare your dog because you're going to probably get mad at them for something they do later on that has to relate to something with that. Just try to make it a good experience for them. Give them a little treat. And when I say give them a treat, I'm not talking about giving them, like, a full milk bone. Like, they make little, like, training treats so you can give them, like, a bunch and the dog isn't 400 pounds overweight. Because that's another issue. People give their dogs, like... I was going to say, it doesn't take much because... 20 cookies a day. Like, Iris, that's my dog, was deathly afraid of the vacuum. But, you know, just not being an asshole was enough. Mm-hmm. So like not chasing her around with it. Yeah, telling her it's and okay. And just being, yeah, pretty much. And so like, there's been times where well, she'll still get a little skittish, you know, because like she's standing where I need to vacuum. It's like so you like approach really slow. Mm-hmm. It's like I got a vacuum there. 
you know, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta move on. She'll like freak out a little bit, but I mean, she doesn't get scared like she used to. And yeah. I didn't, I never treated her. Yeah. But it's just not yeah, being just, an asshole. Yeah, exactly. It's like, just I imagine it. just naturally she gets used to the fact that okay, this is a regular thing. This is gonna happen often. And I don't get my tail fucking sucked up in the vacuum. Yeah. So. The monster isn't going to eat me. Yeah, pretty much. But then yeah. when she's in a corner, you know, and you just like, I need to get to that corner, dog. Yeah. And then, then she like, yeah, but yeah, just not being an asshole, I guess. is. Yeah. And again, dogs are masters at body language and they understand tone and touch. Uh-huh. So just like the power of of your voice and the power of you touching them and comforting them Mm -hmm. is extremely powerful. You can reward your dog without giving them any treats at all. Like you said, you just, you know, you tell them, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And then you kind of, you know, you reach your hand out, you kind of give them a little pet, or you vacuum and doing whatever. And they, okay, they're, they're reassured, okay. And once you have done, like, work with your dog or, like, bonded with them, you create this partnership of trust uh-huh. and they your like words and everything become much more valuable to them because they believe you they trust you there's a bond there and so if I go somewhere and for whatever reason it is a place that Cutter seems a little nervous at or scared at and I tell him it's okay and I give him a little pat on the head he's like oh alright we're good then like I trust dad dad says it's okay then we're good uh-huh. but coming back to it if you fuck with your dog with the vacuum they're not going to trust you yeah and they're going to say well uh, you're saying it's okay but the last time you said it was okay you just baited me in and then poked me with the broom <laughs> and laughed <laughs> but this yeah. is the one thing that drives me nuts about people though is humans don't have the the capacity a lot of times to think beyond the moment mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of hard to get in that mode of thinking about how your actions now may affect you know even you know other people in the future and that's my biggest pet peeve about parenting and I feel like I'm the best fucking parent in the world just because I'm able to <laughs> think further in the future and I, I know I'm not I'm actually probably a shit parent but it, it drives me nuts when people don't think in the future and how now is going to affect me. If my wife ever hears this, she's going to get pissed at me, but whatever. We're very different parents. She is our daughter's best friend. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Her number one goal is to make sure that our daughter is happy at all times. And it's, it's kind of awesome if you think about it, you know, but then there comes a times where it's like, you know what? It's time to stop being the best friend and where you know there's got to be a happy medium that's where my shit parenting comes in is because I'm always thinking about the future yeah and so I'm not thinking as much as I should about the now as I'm I'm always thinking about how is this going to affect her you know five years from now and it's not this exact moment this exact moment is not going to affect anything probably because it's so small in the grand scheme of things but you know like a constant you know like this is not okay whereas if I'm being a friend and trying to you know so concerned about her happiness it's yeah yeah, I I think you're instilling bad behaviors and stuff like that where 
I think about way off in the distance. You know, this has to be a constant thing. I'm trying to be very vague. Yeah. And it's probably not being very well, clear. I should probably think of an this example, is, but... This is what I've experienced because I've... I've been in a, a few different relationships um, with women that have children, and so I've experienced kind of a unique perspective on a lot of things because I've been around different people, been around different parents, been around my parents, been around my sister who has kids, and so I I get a lot of, a large range of perspective on parenting, and and I think about it a lot, because I'm the same way as you, I'm constantly thinking about, like, okay, like, what, how do I be a good parent, you know, to... Any, any child that come into contact with. And it doesn't even have to be your own kid. It could be a friend's kid. You know, you might be the uncle or the aunt or whatever. But if you come into contact with a child and you're with them for longer than 20 minutes at any given time, like, you're a part of them, like, developing. Right. In my opinion. So, even Especially if, if it's on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. You just see somebody's kid in a store. You know, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. But, I mean, even still, though, you can have an effect on them. But, yeah, if you see them, like, often, you are you are parenting children, you know? It, it takes right. a village to raise kids, and you are a part of that if you are in a kid's life at all. And so, something that I've learned is that Overall, the mother figure in the relationship is, if if they are a good mother figure, they are, as you described, your wife. They, they want to make the child happy. And now, obviously, this doesn't apply to everybody, but it's a lot of what I've seen. They want the child to be happy. So when it comes down to being hard on them for certain things, a lot of times they don't want to do it. They let things slide a lot more. They're a lot more uh-huh. lenient. They will tell them something, and the the kid pushes them on it a little bit, and then they kind of break, and they just, you know, let it go with it. And then you and, like, me, we're, like, on the opposite side where we're, like, real hard on them, and we want to make sure that they have solid structure and rules because we don't want them to end up in prison in 20 years. Uh-huh. And we're, like, thinking about, like, how they're going to be a little crook because they just stole this candy bar and you know (laughs) it's like you know it's like we get like mental about it but that becomes a balance because you need the both sides of that and I don't care if you're gay or straight or you're with three people or whatever there's got to be the balance somehow so so one of them is getting needs to be a little bit more uh one way and the other one's going to be a little bit more the other way it's not really about gender or anything it's just about the roles that you play and, you know, there's things that I am more lenient on uh, with a kid where, say, my girlfriend is a lot more strict and then vice versa. So it's not always, we don't always play the set roles, but there does have to be the balance. So it's okay that we are strict because the mom is there to be on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. As long as we don't get too extreme, obviously. Yeah. But yeah like you don't you don't want them to just like hate you because you're just like the like rule maker dictator person but yeah they they need that structure 
but they also need the closeness, the friendship, the bond, and, you know, and it, there's, there's, there is, like, this kind of special thing, I think, that happens with the kid when the parent, every once in a while, lets them slide. It's like this right. special pass that they get, you know? It's like nobody else in life is probably ever going to give that to you, which is a good thing because you would just be getting away with shit all the time. But because it's coming from your parent, I think that it, it just kind of creates like this special little thing. But yeah, there, there, there does need to be the balance. And I think that that's why, so I don't, I don't really stress on it too much. If she is going to be lenient with her, I just let her know that I'm not going to be. Right. And as long as we're both okay with that, and as long as the parents communicate, and as long as the child knows that, like, the parents are a team, you know? And if the parents say something, the child doesn't get to go to the other parent and try and convince them otherwise, Uh you know? That, that is, like, that that drives me crazy. That rears its head every once in a while. Uh Uh-huh. It's like, oh, well, I'm gonna... You, like, hear him in the other room. Hey, Mom. Yeah. So it's good that you got the balance between the two people, but <laughs> something you said that stuck with me, it's actually really powerful. There's a compliment for you. Every once in a while you say something that's just like, Phew. and I want to like share private shit in your life, but it was, uh, so I'll leave names out of it, but you said not all that long ago that uh, you're a father figure to a boy, mm-hmm. and that his mom actually approached you at some point because you were basically where I'm at, like super strict about certain things. And you said that she came to you that that he said to her at some point that he almost doesn't want to be around you at times because you know you're you're so strict all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of opened up your eyes to to you know like loosen up a little bit. Like yeah. wow, I didn't know I was doing that. And that's kind of where I'm at. Whereas she's so not strict that I feel like I gotta be overly strict hyper strict yeah like make up for it so ever since you said that you know it kind of I really appreciate that because when I you know I get in that strict mode like wow she's gonna allow everything I gotta you know I gotta rein her in (laughs) I gotta allow nothing yeah basically I mean that's kind of how it is and so when when stuff starts coming out of my mouth I get a little more present I'm like wow you know what maybe this is this is too much but yeah I mean that, that that was it wasn't even my life, but that, that opened up my mind quite a bit. Like, wow, you know what? You can't be a total asshole because they're not going to want to be around you. And that's that's the last thing you want. That's the last thing I want is to be... You know, yeah. I think we have a really good relationship. I mean, my daughter, I mean. I mean, she... There, There's at no point where she, you know, appears to, like, not want to be around. Yeah. You know, aside from the fact when she's got stuff she wants to do. You know, she doesn't want to hang out and watch movies and stuff, but that's different. It's like it's not like she's ever like squeamish, like ah, oh, you know what? I don't want to hang out with Aaron because he's an asshole. Yeah, he's gonna make me do something. He's gonna yell at me everything <laughs> I say. Yeah, can't do anything right. Mm-hmm. But so you gotta have balance within yourself. Yes, exactly. Damn, it's crazy. Dogs and kids—they're the same thing. It's true. They are the same thing. They're both. <laughs> developing their minds. They both work well on leash. 
<laughs> Just kidding, everybody. I would never put a leash on my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Well, I feel like we covered a good amount. We kind of like this podcast is all about controlling other people, other creatures. Mm-hmm. How to get in their minds and make them do what you want them to do. <laughs> Mind control. What do you think? I think that's a good... I think we covered a good amount. Yeah. 40 minutes. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm motivated to get some stuff done today, so... Good. Sorry, guys. We're going to cut it short. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah. Get out there and train your dogs and train your children and... <laughs> Be balanced and be perfect. Don't make mistakes. Wow, no, that sounds... Just kidding. (laughs) Psych. Uh, yeah. Just have fun out there. And don't stress too much about things that you want to do. Just make sure that you have fun in all things. One thing that stuck with me when I first got my job as a mechanic at the shop that I'm at is... The boss was asking me some questions when I went in to, like, interview. And uh, he said, you know, he's like, we, we want to make sure that uh, you do good and that you can listen to instructions and do what you got to get done as far as work. And he's just asking me some simple things about mechanic stuff in the beginning. And, and he's like, and, you know, most importantly, we need to make sure that you have fun. And I was like, what? And he said the the most important thing at work is that you're having fun and you're enjoying what you're doing. And I was like, whoa. Like, okay. <laughs> That's cool. Thanks. And I'm still there, so that says anything. Get out there and crush your dreams, kiddos. Train some dogs and love your children and your people in life. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. <laughs>